Give us one hour and we'll help you change the way you think about happiness. Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen is a fresh talk radio approach promoting happiness from the inside out. Happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Each week, Lisa shines her light on well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. Lisa Cypress-Kamen is a widely recognized applied positive psychology coach, author, documentary filmmaker, and lecturer specializing in the fields of sustainable happiness, mindfulness, and integrated well-being. Let's get to it. Here's your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio, broadcasting consciously prepared brain food from the beaches of Malibu, California. Each week, we explore the very serious business of happiness, sustainable well-being, and human flourishing. We are not talking about that annoying yellow smiley face. No, no, no. We are talking about something much deeper and critical to the success of humanity. Authentic happiness is not selfish, egotistical, or narcissistic. In fact, it is essential in order for humankind to thrive. Sustainable happiness is important because it not only elevates our own well-being locally, but also contributes to collective global flourishing. The achievement of a happy life is not only positively good for us, it is constructively good for those around us. In short, happiness matters. Happiness comes from the heart. And this show is most definitely all about the heart. Today we are talking about, you know, I'm just going to call this the Attitude Adjustment Hour because we're talking about stressing less, equaling more happiness. I know that is a, a concept that many of us aspire to, but there is a way for us to capture control of our human dashboard. And the human dashboard, what I mean by that is our minds. You know, a lot of what we experience is in our mind. Life happens, but our relationship to those things that happen is often what what robs us of happiness, um, becomes stress antagonists and energy suckers. With me today is Don Joseph Gooey. He is the managing partner of Pro Attitude, a human performance firm with the mission of elevating the experience of work in corporate America. He is the author of three books, including The End of Stress, Four Steps to Rewiring Your Brain. Don previously managed Stanford's Department of Psychiatry, directed a regional paramedic emergency system, and headed the Center for Attitudinal Healing, an internationally recognized institute that pioneered a psychosocial approach to overcoming catastrophic life events. Welcome, Don. Thanks for joining us. Oh, well, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. This is, this is such a hot topic. Every, everybody's got stress from, from uh, our kids to ourselves to the people we deal with on a daily basis, is it really possible to end stress? Yeah, it is possible. You know, the, you were t- talking at the top of the hour about attitude. The biggest reason people are stressed is because the stress gene they inherited is turned up high. It's called upregulating. And so this accounts for 50% of why you're stressed, if you're stressed, and particularly if you're chronically stressed. And then, of course, there's our circumstances that stress us, you know, the money problems, job problems, family problems. 
But it turns out that circumstances only account for about 10% of what makes life stressful and, un- and unhappy. Um, you know, we often think a change of circumstances is what's needed to end a stressful life, but in actuality, it doesn't make a very big difference at all. The change that makes the biggest difference is a change of attitude. Attitude accounts for 40% of what, what either perpetuates a life of stress or transforms it into the good life, the life that you were just describing. And here's what's really hopeful. You know, research shows that a positive shift in attitude um, quiets the stress gene. It, in other words, it causes it to downregulate. And now that puts you in the driver's seat. It gives you 90% chance of achieving a high quality of life. You know, now you're flowing with all that intelligence that's in your brain, uh, including emotional intelligence, a very important factor in our success. And, you know, you're able to make your best day happen every day from your best self. Now you're in the position uh, to change your unwanted circumstances. You've got the brain power to master your life. You've got the brain power. Let's go back for a second and just revisit some of the things that you've just said because they are very powerful and very important. One thing I heard you say is that our circumstances only contribute to about 10% of our stress. So how we're relating to the issues as they come up in real time is only 10% of the factor, the condition itself, the external condition. And that 40% is the attitude. So how we are relating to those circumstances as they are happening. And that pretty much matches up with the... um, uh, ratio of the happiness set point, right? Where 60% of our emotional uh, temperament is, is uh, how we're wired, genetic, it's in our DNA, and 40% is environmental. That's right. You know, it's really telling because, you know, when I coach people and work with people in workshops, um, most people start off with thinking, well, if, if I had a better job or if I had more money or if I, uh, you know, if I had a better partner, a sweeter wife or a husband or, or partner, everything would be better. You know, my mother used to call it, <laughs> well, my ship comes in. But it turns out, you know, in the studies that they've done, they found that people who, for example, win the lottery for six months, they, they're elated. You know, it's a huge change in circumstances, certainly. Um, and for six months, they're very, they're happy. They're, they're humming along. But after that six months, um, their genetic disposition changes their mood set point back to where it was before. And what they find is that, um, you know, their level of happiness goes back to what it was prior to getting all the money. And then they did studies on people who were paraplegic, who who suddenly lost uh, the control of half of their body uh, due to an accident, a tragic accident of some kind. And they found with those people that for the first six months, they were clinically depressed. They could not have been more unhappy. But after six months, they came to the determination that if they didn't take hold of their attitude and find a way of turning this lemon into lemonade, in other words, uh, you know, generating the attitude that you're talking about to relate to these circumstances, their life was going to be twice as miserable. And most of those people made that shift, which is which you know comes back to the point your attitude determines your experience of life and your experience of life determines the degree to which you're going to succeed at life and if you have a positive way of relating to to whatever comes all the ups and downs that come uh you're going to do much better in life at every level of life that matters to you agreed uh, but i think we can also agree that that stress itself 
is not what's toxic, right? I mean, there's a good amount of stress is needed in order to catalyze change, to catalyze shift. So we're not talking about those kinds of challenges that um, call upon us to stretch. We're talking about the kinds of stress that have a physiological response to our bodies that in our bodies that actually can shorten lifespan. Well, when you take when you have a, a problem, when you face uh, some kind of adversity, um, and you're afraid of it, um, and you feel pessimistic about it, um, that's stress. And when you make that shift in attitude to that word you just used, challenge your stress level begins to drop. And what you see, what happens within your brain, your, your primitive brain, which is in, is in control of, of your experience when, when you're stressed, when you're afraid, it sets off stress reactions, it dumps stress hormones into your system, and those stress hormones debilitate the higher brain function that generates the fluid and creative intelligence to solve your problems, as well as the emotional and social intelligence that puts more joy into your work, instills more peace into your day, more love into your relationships, more spring into your, your step. And all of that happens, all of that shift to higher brain power happens when you change your relationship to the situation. So when you get a problem initially, you might go, oh, no. But if your attitude changes to, to look at that problem more creatively, where it becomes a challenge, then, then you become excited, you become engaged with it, and your stress level drops. You're not dumping stress hormones into your system. And that's the good part of stress. If you can initially use it to help you see that you have a choice that you can make here um, in terms of your attitude, a, a, a choice that empowers you, 90 seconds, uh, you avoid all of the debilitating problems that stress cause. And make no mistake, stress is a killer. If it becomes it's a chronic issue in your life, you need to change it because at the health level, it, it, it leads to heart attack, it leads to cancer, it leads to premature aging. And at the neurological level, it means debilitated brain function. Yes. And let's talk a little bit about the debilitated brain function versus optimal brain functioning, because really we're talking about um, a different kind of brain science and research that is going on right now that is really proving that we can teach an old dog new tricks. You know, we talk about the happiness set point or we talk about the stress set point that comes from our DNA. But what science is bearing out, and this is really quite exciting, is through the discovery and development of, of, of neuroplasticity, we can actually train the brain. We can actually um, stimulate growth of new networks and connections in our brains. Talk a little bit about that and how it relates back to this theme. Well, you know, the, it, it, uh, neuroplasticity works uh, two ways. But I want to underline something that you said is that what science is discovering, and, and the, it's a, really a new frontier in medical science, um, what they're discovering is that your mental state um, has a great deal to do with determining uh, the, your biophysical um, state. In other words, your body determines your health. Um, it determines the, the level of um, energy and um, well-being that you enjoy, and it also determines um, the degree to which you maximize the, your brain power. You maximize those intelligences that I just talked about, the intellectual, the emotional, the social intelligence. 
And like I said, you know, if you're born, if you, if, you know, stress is a problem in your life, it means you were born with uh, the stress gene turned up high. And you can actually begin through a shift in attitude, a shift in mindset, primarily a shift from, from being uh, primarily fearful, uh, anxious in the way you relate to the world, to being more dynamically peaceful, more calm, creative, and optimistic as you relate to, to circumstances. And as you do that, what begins to happen is that that higher brain function that, that makes you powerful and makes your brain powerful, it begins to come online and you begin to, it predicts a much more successful life in your career, with your family, with your own personal growth. You have the brain power to make those kinds of things happen. And it Don, all comes. Don, I'm sorry to interrupt you. We are going to need to jump out of here to a break. And when we come back, we are going to continue the conversation. But before we go out, I want to let our listeners know to learn more about the work of Don Joseph Gooey. Please connect with him um, at his website, theendofstressbook.com. But on Twitter, he can be found at The End of Stress. And on Facebook, Books by Gooey, and that's G-O-E-W-E-Y. Here come those tunes. We'll be right back. Fret not, stress not. We'll be back. We know that life can be tough and that happiness can and does live alongside adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Harvest more happiness by liking us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness, following Lisa on Twitter at Lisa Kamen, and tweeting us with the hashtag Harvesting Happiness. Love to read? Looking to harvest your happiness? Then look no further. Lisa Cypress Kamen is an author of three amazing books that will assist in taking your well-being and self-mastery to the next level. Are we happy yet? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life offers breakthrough strategies for creating your own personal happiness revolution. Perspectives on addiction, an integrated journey to wellness is an overview of the recovery process from a multi-stepped perspective and holistic approach of substance abuse and lifestyle management. Through her third book, Reintegration Strategies for Depression, Anxiety, Anger, Grief, and Post-Traumatic Stress, offers an own-nonsense approach to dealing with post-combat civilian life reintegration issues for veterans and their families. You'll find these books online at Amazon.com and HarvestingHappiness.com. Mindful meditative moments are free and relaxing on-the-spot mini staycation journeys designed to calm the mind and soothe the body from the comfort of wherever you are. No reservations or travel required. Check out the playlists on HarvestingHappiness.com and Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio on iTunes and SoundCloud. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen, the show dedicated to promoting happiness from the inside out by thriving with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. So let's get back to the show and your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, I urge you to download and share this podcast. Why? Because caring is sharing. It's kind. It's free. It's legal. It's available 24-7. And we're talking about something that is really important to the well-being, benefit, and health of us all. And that is 
ending stress in our life. And what we're talking about is not simply eradicating stress, but it's what we do with stress when it presents. How do we dance with it, transform it, make it work to our benefit, and end the toxic effects of stress? Don Joseph Gooey is my guest. He's the managing partner of Pro Attitude, a human performance firm with the mission of elevating the experience of work in America, in corporate America. Specifically, he's written a book, The End of Stress, Four Steps to Rewiring Your Brain, and that's what we're talking about. So, Don, let's talk about um, what happens to our bodies on stress. You mentioned the flow of cortisol. You mentioned the fact that it takes us out of the uh, good decision-making parts of our brains and takes us into a fight-or-flight response. Talk a little bit about what happens to our bodies. Well, you know, the biggest impact that stress has on our bodies is on our cardiovascular system. It amps it up. Uh, every time you have a stress reaction, you're dumping cortisol and, and particularly adrenaline into your system. It makes, uh, makes your heart work a lot harder. And over the long haul, it leads to, um, it leads to serious uh, cardiac conditions. And if you're type A, which is an extreme condition of stress, uh, your chances of dying of a heart attack are, are pretty high. It also disables our chromosomes. Um, stress hormones, our chromosomes are held together by, a, by an organic matter called telomeres. You know, chromosomes kind of spiral up, and so they need a little cap at the end. Well, stress hormones cause that cap to wither, and the uh, chromosomes start putting out abnormal cells that lead to cancer and particularly lead to premature aging. Uh, it impairs our immune system, which is why stressed people get more colds, get more flus, get more skin rashes. Um, it, it impairs our gastrointestinal system. You know, you pe people think of stress and ulcers. Well, that's why. It's, uh, part of the part of the mechanism in the stress reactions is, is that it shuts down all the long-term systems to gather the energy to put into the big muscles for fight or flight. Well, that means your immune system, your growth system, your, your um, reproductive system. That's why people who are stressed tend to have a low sex drive. And it kills brain cells. And, you know, over the long haul, if it's chronic, it can kill you. If you add up all of those ailments that I just listed, all of those life-threatening diseases, it's the number one killer of Americans. Indeed. And, and also, I think we should talk a little bit about some of the science that's emerging on memory. Because yeah. it can impede short-term memory. Yeah, well, it can, can, can impede um, both long-term and short-term and working memory. You know, memory comes out of a part of the brain called the hippocampus. And um, they, uh, was Robert Sapolsky at Stanford, he did a study of uh, war veterans, you know, who are under extreme stress and then afterwards have post-traumatic stress. He found out, found that they're, a hippocampus had been shrunk to the size of a raisin, you know, a tiny little thing, and it wasn't working very well. And what that meant was their emotional memory, the memory, uh, you know, where the, that's located in the stress response system, took over. So all of your emotional memories, which store all your traumas to prevent you from repeating them again, they they play on the screen of your mind, and they torture you. Keep you keep have you walking the floor late at night, so that happens certainly within a, a soldier with a, a returning vet. That's going to happen to an extreme degree, but it happens to a lesser degree within each of us. You know, we, it's what wakes us up in the middle of the night frightened, and we can't get back to sleep. Years That's the ago, emotional memory taking charge. 
Well, I, and I would love for you to share a personal example. Years ago, you experienced what you call a perfect storm of stress. Tell us about it. Well, yeah, 30 years ago, um, actually this January was 30 years ago, I experienced the, that perfect storm of stress. I lost my job, and nine days later, I was diagnosed with a brain tumor, and I was warned by the surgeon to prepare myself for some really serious neurological disabilities. And um, I, had, I was married at the time with four children, so you can imagine the distress I was under. And I had to wait six weeks for the surgery, and I spent the first two weeks terrified, pacing the floor every night, afraid I'd never work again, which is one of the things that the doctor predicted, that my family would end up homeless. And then one fateful night, I reached a point where I questioned which was worse, you know, the dire problems that could happen to me in the future or the abject fear that had been happening to me every day since I was diagnosed, every day, all day long, and into wee hours of the night. And it was clear to me at that moment that the fear was worse. So I made the decision right then and there to approach the surgery with a more peaceful attitude, uh, simply by letting go of fearful thoughts. And and to my surprise, it worked. It was easier than I thought. Um, And Long story short, the surgery turned out to be a complete success, spared me a life of disability, and I got an even better job uh, pretty quickly after I'd recovered. And, you know, what was clear to me at that time was that my change in attitude from stressed and afraid to peaceful and hopeful and optimistic was what made it happen, was what made the difference. Um before that, I didn't think that such a thing, simple thing as a shift in attitude could create such an enormous outcome. But, you know, over the last 20 years, science has discovered that improving your mental state leads to highly beneficial outcomes. It's called the mind-body connection. And it, now we're, we're seeing that it, that it has huge ramifications, um, like the power of suggestion. We actually can project uh, what we our desires to manifesting just through through our state of mind, our, our our mental attitude. You can change your brain to transform a stressful life into the good life, and they did that for me. It's important to point out that what you and I are discussing are not simply wishing away bad circumstances, because this is where it crosses the line for some people who, you know, out there who are intelligent, rational, let's say, well, that's who, that's woo-woo, that's hooey. And really what we're saying is bad things are happening, how we are relating to those bad things as they are occurring is, can be, not is, can be that turning point that actually empowers us to radically shift what is going on. Well, when we make that radical shift, we actually begin to see what we call, quote-unquote, bad circumstances in a very different light. When I worked at the Center for Attitudinal Healing, uh, we worked with people. We were right in the middle of the AIDS epidemic, at the height of the AIDS epidemic in San Francisco. We worked with people with cancer. We worked with people in refugee camps in Bosnia and Croatia. And when I ran the life-threatened group, people who were... uh, some would call terminally ill, um, routinely I heard people say, if I had to go back and if I I was to lose my cancer, my cancer was to disappear, but it meant I had to go back and lose everything that it has taught me about the spiritual reality of me, 
I wouldn't, I wouldn't exchange it. They're, you know, these bad circumstances, they're really classrooms in which yeah. they challenge us to, to rise above them. And um, that's what attitude does. You know, attitude, we can, we, our attitude either makes us a victim of circumstances or makes us greater than circumstances. And that's, that's, the, that's where personal power comes from. When we begin to see that, you have to, you have to step into it. Uh, that's one of the things that my books help my book helps people do a step-by-step process of building that kind of attitude and in when you do that you you prove it to yourself but you have to prove it to yourself and once you prove it to yourself your life is is going to change dramatically because the one thing you know we don't control all of our circumstances we don't control the weather we don't control uh the ups and downs that come along. But the one thing that we have complete control over is our attitude. And it's the one thing that makes us powerful in every situation. So we need to seize hold of it. And this is why I love to call our brains the human dashboard, because once we are able to um, you know, harness mastery in this arena, we really tend to experience life as a much more joyful process that doesn't mitigate the bad things that are happening. You know, I like to tell clients myself in practice, do not become what you fear. Yes, absolutely. You know, this this That's is absolutely the case. Yeah, it is the case. Now, you presently um, work in corporate America. You take these concepts, you take your program, and you go into businesses and teach big companies, major companies, um, how to better manage and harness stress. And perhaps we're even talking a little bit about post-traumatic growth, right? Right. Yes. Yeah, so that we, yeah, we go into corporations. Um, we do an eight-week training. It takes anywhere from four to six weeks for neuroplasticity to work, where you actually begin to notice that uh, you gravitate towards a positive attitude. You gravitate towards optimism, joy, a more peaceful, calm way of dealing with things um, in, in a more automatic way. And when that happens, you, it's the indication that, that your brain has changed. And when we go into corporations um, and we walk people through this one hour a week, um, what ends up happening at the end of uh, eight weeks is that there's a 40% reduction that people report in their level of stress. And that's twice what stress management used to get. You know, stress management was about changing your behavior um, in ways that could reduce your stress. But neuroplasticity is about changing your mind to change your brain to eliminate stress so that you, you literally transcend it. You're not managing it anymore. You're transcending um, the things that pull you, pull you down, pull you into the storm. And then what we see with people is that we see um, r- rise in their creativity, their productivity in their work and professional relationships. They feel a greater sense of uh, work-life balance. And all of those are indicators of brain function, higher brain function coming on online in a more powerful way. You know, something comes to mind as you're talking about doing this in uh, a community or in the tribe, and, and, and there's the work tribe and the home tribe, and, and how that all balances out is, is a whole other show. But when we experience this kind of training together with other people, it creates a sense of intimacy, connection, and, and well-being. That unto itself is, is elevational. That's really true. It, create, it creates a kind of synergy. Yes. Um, 
when you know when we're about a third of the way through the training, the eight-week training we do in corporations, one of the things that begins to take over is that people begin to report how they're using a particular tool or a shift that happened for them. You know, a particular situation that always got the better of them, always stressed them out, that wasn't stressing them out because they were able to to make that shift, to use a tool to make that shift, and that goes far, much further in in uh, teaching the others in the group, what's possible than my sitting up and talking about it, you know. So people people bounce off of each other. They leverage themselves off of each other, and it creates a kind of synergy. And one of the things that we see in, um, in these cor- corporate trainings we do is it actually begins to change the work culture, which I think points back to what you said at the beginning of the show, is that as we begin to make this shift and we begin to make it this shift with other people, the world around us begins to improve. And, you know, if anything, you know, it's the old, old saying, be the change you want to see in the world. Yes. And that happens at a level of community. That's how Don, it gets translated in that way. Don, Joseph, Gui, we are out of time. And that means you'll have to come back and carry on the discussion with me. I've so enjoyed having you on the show, but I want to give your contact information once again. The book is The End of Stress, Four Steps to Rewiring Your Brain by Simon & Schuster. Um, You can find out more at the website, theendofstressbook.com. On Twitter or at Twitter, you can reach Don at The End of Stress. And on Facebook, Books by Gui, and that's G-O-E. W-E-Y. Here come the tunes. We'll be right back to talk more about less stress and more happy. We know that life can be tough and that happiness can and does live alongside adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Harvest more happiness by liking us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness, following Lisa on Twitter at Lisa Kamen, and tweeting us with the hashtag Harvesting Happiness. Remember what it feels like to receive a gift? We all know nothing gives happiness like a present, so you should unwrap yours at HarvestingHappiness.com and sign up to receive your free ebook, Got Happiness Now, that offers simple, user-friendly ways to get greater happiness in your world each and every day. That's HarvestingHappiness.com. Lisa Cypress-Kamen has built an impressive global lifestyle management consulting company offering applied positive psychology, mindfulness, and integrated well-being coaching. Her services, including addiction and trauma recovery support, as well as life crisis triage, are available worldwide through phone, video, and on-site. In addition, Lisa delivers workshops, lectures, and trainings to corporations and institutions and is a frequent guest expert on many prominent radio and TV shows. Connect with us at Harvesting Happiness for more information. Harvesting Happiness for Heroes is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation offering innovative and integrated stigma-free combat recovery services to veterans and their loved ones with programming that focuses on the transformation of post-traumatic stress into post-traumatic growth using scientifically proven positive psychology coaching tools and strategies that increase self-mastery, self-awareness, and self-esteem to help heal the invisible wounds of war. To make a tax-free charitable contribution or to learn more, please visit at hh4heroes.org.
Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen, the show dedicated to promoting happiness from the inside out by thriving with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. So let's get back to the show and your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, I urge you to download and share this podcast. Why? Because sharing is caring. It's kind, it's free, it's legal, and we're talking about less stress in our lives equaling more happiness. How to capture control of the human dashboard, that being our minds. And as we continue on with the show, I have invited an amazing guest to share with us Something of a new, I would say, a new avenue to manage ourselves, our minds, our lifestyles. And my guest is Dr. Sandra Scheinbaum. She is the founder and CEO of the Functional Medicine Coaching Academy, a program established in collaboration with the Institute for Functional Medicine. An Institute for Functional Medicine certified practitioner and licensed clinical psychologist with a master's degree in learning disabilities. Dr. Scheinbaum has specialized in blending mind-body medicine with positive psychology and taught stress management to both children and adults for over 40 years. She established a clinic for diagnosing and treating attention deficit disorders and also ran a clinic for treating panic and anxiety. She's also the author of Stop Panic Attacks in 10 Easy Steps, Using Functional Medicine to Calm Your Mind and Body with Drug-Free Techniques and How to Give Clients the Skills to Stop Panic Attacks. Well, bring it on, Dr. Scheinbaum. Sandra, welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you for the introduction. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you because I love the concept of integrating the mind, body, emotions, spirit, all the domains that live within our human bodies uh, to take care of ourselves on all levels. And this is a little bit um, about what functional medicine is, and I'd love for you to define it in proper clinical terms for our listeners. I'd be happy to. So functional medicine is based on systems biology. And rather than just looking at a symptom, giving it a name and coming up with a treatment plan, in functional medicine, we address the root causes of disease. So if somebody has a skin condition, if they are experiencing depression, if they have uh, joint pain, we would look at not just trying to define it and name that disease, but look at what's causing it. And if we dig down deep enough, we find that those causes to many of those conditions are remarkably similar. They're coming from the same root causes, namely inflammation, oxidative stress, immune dysregulation. And we can treat those first and foremost through diet and lifestyle change. So functional medicine tends to focus on more chronic illness as opposed to acute care. And I like what you said about controlling the 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 issue with uh, diet nutrition and lifestyle this is really the opposite of what traditional western medicine does when somebody comes in and presents with an issue 
Absolutely. So when I was uh, working as a psychologist for many years, if someone was depressed, if someone was anxious, so my first task was to name it, to have a diagnosis, and then look at, uh, okay, am I going to refer to the psychiatrist for medication? Are we going to do psychotherapy? But I would never ask, uh, what are you eating uh, every day? Uh, What's your exercise like? And those can be through substantial changes in those areas, we see remarkable improvements in mood, in regulation of stress, for example. It's, to me, it's more than just what are you eating? You know, how are you moving your body? How are you sleeping? This is something that's left out often. Absolutely. And sleep is so important. Let's talk a little bit about how you came to found the Functional Medicine Coaching Academy. Sure. Well, I was uh, originally, my background was in education. And then for many, many years, I worked as a clinical psychologist. And I was always very intrigued with mind-body medicine. And back in, you know, talking 30, 40 years ago, this was radical uh, to, especially as a psychologist, uh, to consider uh, a that, that the mind and body might be connected. So uh, as someone who was always interested personally in nutrition as well, I went to a lot of conferences in uh, nutrition, food as medicine. I took a lot of coursework in that area. And I stumbled upon the Institute for Functional Medicine because they were having a conference about depression. And I was hooked from day one. Here was a way of really uh, digging down to these root causes, these underlying factors. And for example, Studying uh, the depress- studying depression as related to gut health, that there's a connection there. Who knew that uh, now when we uh, are seeing someone with depression, we're going to look at their gut health as well, the health of the microbiome. So uh, these were concepts that were new to me and fascinating. And so I decided to stay on with the Institute for Functional Medicine and go through their certification program. Uh, But they Uh, acknowledged that they were missing a piece and that was training. Their program is primarily for physicians. I happen to be the only psychologist who went through that program. And they were missing training those who would not be functioning as healthcare practitioners, ordering labs, for example, but someone who could partner with those practitioners to really guide their guide patients to where they want to be in terms of meeting their health and wellness goals. So we approached, uh, my partner and I approached the Institute for Functional Medicine about collaborating. And so what we have done is established a program to train uh, health coaches. And it's, um, we are, the, the Institute has a lot of wonderful programs and, and conferences. And then our what, what I have done is taken that curriculum and dialed it down um, and taken out the, uh, a lot of the curriculum that would just be appropriate for medical providers. So as a functional medicine coach, one would in essence be acting as a liaison in creating a treatment plan alongside the physician and the patient or client, and it's really, uh, is it part accountability partnership as in a traditional coaching relationship? 
It is a traditional coaching relationship in the sense that the coach is not an expert. They are a coach. So they are not giving information. And, you know, as providers, and I'm certainly one of them, it's difficult to often transition to being a coach because we want to tell, oh, here's the diet for you or here's a plan that is going to help you get well. Um, but a coach is really a partner. It's a, a coach is, becomes an ally with a client to get them from where they are to where they would like to be. And so in coaching, we explore values and what matters most to you and then use that as a way to establish goals. So health coaches are being trained to work as members of a collaborative care team. And that's what's so exciting because practitioners do not have the time to sit with patients and give them the kind of support that they need to make these very difficult lifestyle changes. And coaches are the ones who can do that. There is a wonderful study that just came out out of the University of California, San Francisco, I believe. And they looked at practices, medical practices, primary care offices, those who had a coach and those who did not. And on all measures of quality, those with coaches in their office did much better. The physicians were happier, patients were happier, uh, cost savings, and uh, it was really a way to help patients with so much of the chronic diseases that we are seeing today that physicians often just were not trained to to treat. And when we talk about uh, modern chronic disease and the relationship to stress and our lifestyles, tell us a little bit about that. Because, I mean, I tell my clients, you know, stress is, is bad stress. There's good stress and bad stress, but the bad stress, the ones that uh, the type that robs us of our energy, robs us of um, our health, is a killer. So that is such a good question because you know stress is pervasive, and what we want to do is make it our friend. We want to have a different interpretation. So uh, what? I like to do is train or coaches through positive psychology, we first are going to help someone find their character strengths. What makes them them? When are they at their best? Uh, and through finding strengths such as perseverance and courage, creativity, love of learning, you use those traits to get you through times that may be difficult. And so, uh, so what we do is we talk about uh, what John Kabat-Zinn described in his, his first book, Full Catastrophe Living, which means it's acceptance. You accept the sweetness and the sorrow. You accept the, the stress and uh, often relabel re it in a different way and then have a different reaction to it. So... Uh, rather, so what will happen is someone will say, "Oh, stress is so awful! I can't be stressed. I'm feeling, I'm feeling stress. This is terrible. It's going to be harmful for me." And then they get stressed about being stressed. So, I find that if we first start by look having them experience their strengths to know that they can persevere, that they can be hardy and resilient to stress, and that changes everything. 
We are going to need to go to a break. And when we come back, we will talk more about the relationship of stress and our relationship to stress to learn more about Dr. Sandra Scheinbaum and her book. Uh, Actually, she's got two books, Stop Panic Attacks in 10 Easy Steps, Using Functional Medicine to Calm Your Mind and Body with Drug-Free Techniques, and How to Give Clients the Skills to Stop Panic Attacks. And maybe that is one book, Sandra, with one long title. I'm so sorry. Is that true? It's one title. No, no, that was two. (laughs) Okay, it is two. Excellent. Okay, and to learn more about functional medicine coaching, please visit functionalmedicinecoaching.org. On Facebook, that page is Functional Medicine Coaching, and on Twitter, that handle is at Dr. Scheinbaum. Here come those tunes. We'll be right back. We know that life can be tough and that happiness can and does live alongside adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Harvest more happiness by liking us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness, following Lisa on Twitter at Lisa Kamen, and tweeting us with the hashtag Harvesting Happiness. Lisa Cypress-Kamen author of Got Happiness Now, is also a prestigious TEDx presenter. Her talks, The Mysteries of Fear and the Inversion Theory of Joy, can be found online at TED.com and on the Harvesting Happiness YouTube channel. Be a part of the grateful good. Grateful Nation brings together patients, families, friends, and staff of Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center to support the quality care and groundbreaking research at the Medical Center. Through new and traditional media, members of Grateful Nation share experiences, thank our caregivers and researchers, participate in sweepstakes, and gather to sponsor and host events and much more. Being grateful inspires others to be grateful as well. Isn't it time we jumpstart some perpetual gratitude? Visit Grateful Nation online to find out more at www.gratefulnation.org. Have a grateful day. Check out the critically acclaimed documentary film, H-Factor, Where is Your Heart? An insightful visual journey from Lisa Cypress-Kamen, showing that every person possesses the means to be happy. Follow Lisa and her nine-year-old daughter, Kayla, as they travel the world on the hunt for the universal keys to human happiness. Their question? What makes you happy? Discover the origins of human happiness, where to find it, create it, and keep it. Find it in our shop at HarvestingHappiness.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen, the show dedicated to promoting happiness from the inside out by thriving with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. So let's get back to the show and your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, we are talking about stressing less and having more happiness in your life, and that means capturing control of the human dashboard that being our minds. My guest today is Dr. Sandra Scheinbaum. She is the founder and and CEO of the Functional Medicine Coaching Academy. She's also the author of Stop Panic Attacks in 10 Easy Steps, Using Functional Medicine to Calm Your Mind and Body with Drug-Free Techniques, as well as How to Give Clients the Skills to Stop Panic Attacks. Sandra, we were talking before the break about Stress. I mean, stress is a fact of life. Stress can kill us. But on the other hand, stress 
can be a catalyst that helps propel change in our lives. So talk about some techniques that people can use to adapt stress, morph stress, perhaps work with it in a more productive way. Absolutely. I'd be happy to. So one of the first things is to change uh, perspective about stress because we do tend to think we've been told for so long that stress can kill us. But we and so we know that we know that stress, if it's ongoing, is detrimental. It's detrimental to our hormones response. Uh, The body just goes into a freeze response. The body wants to fight. The body wants to run away. And this impairs cognitive ability. It impairs our um, our ability to have um, appropriate relation relationships. It's so we want to better manage stress. And a good word to use is stress transformation. Uh, so the first thing is transform. Okay, so let's say I'm giving this talk right now, and if I was a little anxious beforehand. I could say to myself, I'm excited. This is just like a, an athlete before a big game. You're charged up. And so often people will misinterpret that feeling as something bad. Um, but it allows us to produce energy. And so a little stress is really good for us. So when we start to change how we label it, our reactions change. The second that is so important would be to breathe because often under stress, a startle response would be like you hold your breath or you breathe very rapidly or you just breathe through your chest or you inhale more than you exhale, which could bring out a panic attack. And so going to some breathing fundamentals where you do some very slow belly breathing. And what I like to incorporate with that is what we call heart rate variability training. This comes from heart math, where as you are breathing, maybe you have some image of the warmth of that breath. And the warmth of that breath is flowing through your heart. And when you start to focus on the heart, then you can start to have some heartwarming experiences where you're generating good feelings, feelings of gratitude, appreciation, and joy. And those emotions, the character strength of gratitude will help a great deal deal to transform your stress. What about engaging in a pleasurable activity when we are caught up in a stress response? You know, we've, uh, I call it the train has already left the station, right? We, we are, our heart has, has started to increase. Maybe we're sweating a little bit. We have racing thoughts. We can't really control what's happening. We feel as though the tsunami of our emotion has, has taken over. What about immediately trying to engage in something, whether it's a thought or an action? You know, you mentioned gratitude, which is a great intervention um, to help distract from what is unpleasurable, acknowledging what is. I'm not talking about bypassing that emotion, acknowledging, oh, yes, it's there, and then being proactive to make something else come of it. Oh, absolutely. It is so important. Uh, And we can look at this as distraction or neutral activities or when they're very positive activities. They're sending different signals from the brain to say, no danger here. Calm yourself. And so the stress response, you go from a sympathetic to a parasympathetic. Even thinking about something good will be what Richard Biotis calls a positive emotional attractor. You'll go into a parasympathetic. But an easy way to do that is 
is to have an activity that's going to distract you. So it's whatever you enjoy doing and it can be many things. So for me, it might be knitting and a, a project, a doing an activity that requires a bit of concentration, following a recipe, baking a cake, following a knitting pattern. Uh, those are requiring some distraction. And so that will, uh, will pull focus because sometimes just turning on the TV or opening a book, you find your, your heart's still going and you're still thinking about what's stressful. Barbara Fredrickson, and I love her work, uh, is talks about what she calls prioritizing positivity. And this is where you set aside time to do what really matters to you and what's relaxing and pleasurable every day. And along with that, and you could, you know, double duty would be prioritizing positivity with what we call nature bathing. And so for that time when maybe you're you're anxious, your heart's starting to race, you're uncomfortable, you can go outside. And even if you just stand outside and close your eyes, take some deep breaths, feel the wind across your face, feel the sun if it's a sunny day. Uh, And if you can't go outside, open a window or look outside. Any attempt to bring in nature, if even if you're somewhere where none of those ideas are possible, then you just close your eyes and you imagine it. Or you have a uh, something on your computer screen where you can look at and it takes you away. So what's real in the mind is real in the body, so you don't have to be actually experiencing it, even though with nature bathing, of course, that's the best, but just imagining it will be helpful as well. Nature bathing. I love this term. And, and ironically, I just received an email this morning from somebody who used those words. And I thought, oh, what a great phrase. And, and, and nature bathing is free. We're Absolutely. also talking about a free, it's a, it's a free intervention and it's non-pharmaceutical. Yep. And it does wonders. It, it, it does do wonders. You know, another uh, couple of things that come to my mind are... Um, the, you know, in using the gratitude exercise, maybe even just starting a, a text chain. I call it text festing your gratitude, where maybe you write, you know, expressions of love or gratitude to people who you care about and, and watch it go viral because it's, it's very instantaneous. You send it out, it usually comes back within a few minutes. So I'm, I'm thinking about things that people can use on the spot. You know, they see themselves escalating or feel themselves escalating in discomfort and how do you intervene quickly to tone it down? So any other thoughts? Absolutely. Well, little sticky notes, little reminders. So some people put a little note every time they pick up the phone or they're put on hold, they're a reminder to breathe and experience what they're grateful for. Every time uh, they get to their computer, they might have a little sign. Some people set alarms on their phone to take uh, three times a day to go into some some breathing and some imagery sometimes it always gets back to what matters most and so usually when we're at the height of upsetting ourselves we've got we've lost what matters most and so imagining that what i have loved i've used this for many years with people with panic and anxiety is uh, from cognitive behavioral work and that is turning what ifs to so what if because anxiety is often it's in the future what if this happens it could happen you're imagining it it hasn't happened yet but you're worried about it and you ask yourself as if you were in a courtroom where's the evidence um, that it's happening now 
or you imagine. So let's say you're driving and you know you're going to be late and you start getting really upset and you're imagining the negative consequences. So you pull back. Okay, so what? So what if? What's the absolute worst thing that can happen? And then you imagine yourself dealing with it. And the way you imagine yourself, you, you go back again to what matters most to you. Um, so what do you, what would matter 10 years in the future, for example? And usually you find that the things you're stressing about and worrying about are not uh, on that, in that vision of what really matters to you. So perspective taking, and that's what I'm hearing, that, that, and, uh, which, which is hard, I think, when you're in the midst of a, of, of a panic. Absolutely. So when you are in the midst of a panic, what would work best would be it's only panic and uh, you turn it around. But OK, great. This is an opportunity to practice uh, what I am learning. It's practicing my relaxation. It's only the body getting into a sympathetic state. And I have to be patient because what happens with panic, it's an all or nothing. And it feels like it comes out of nowhere. And it ta- it's it has to be quick because it's going to protect us. Body thinks we're in danger. And so in order to fight or run away, uh, this, this physiological response happens in a split second. But to relax, to get into a parasympathetic is a slower, like it is system by system has to shut down. And so patience. And so sometimes just imagining something really slow and you start by slowing down your breathing, slowing down your rate of speech. You imagine your heart rate slowing down. So you see it in your mind's eye and you draw that scene. And so it's like self-programming. There's a, a great technique of called stress inoculation. It comes from the work of Daniel Meigenbaum. But for example, if you know that every time you walk in the door after a hard day of work, there's going, you're going to get stressed and you're going to yell at the kids and yell at your spouse and um, feel really anxious. Uh, so you pause for a moment before you open the door and you picture a, a different response. You act as if, this comes from um, a work of a lot of people who are merging acting training with positive psychology, Shannon Polly, for example. So you act as if by pretending, you're going to pretend when you walk in that door, you're going to act differently. You're going to put on a different part of you. And so that can be very effective as well. So it's just you imagine it going smoothly. You imagine saying something different, maybe that expression of gratitude when you walk in the door. These are great tips. To learn more about the work of Dr. Sandra Scheinbaum, please visit functionalmedicinecoaching.org. On Facebook, that page is Functional Medicine Coaching. And on Twitter, the handle is at Dr. Scheinbaum. Thanks, Sandra, for joining us. Here are a few thoughts before we part. Happiness is not a destination. It cannot be bought, sold, or traded. Happiness will never invite you to the party. Happiness simply comes down to a, to a choice to show up each and every day in the world with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen, and my guest today, Dr. Sandra Scheinbaum and Don J. Gooey, wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest of actions. Until next time, remember... Happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio is produced in collaboration with TogiNet and KBUU and is available on PRX, the public radio exchange. Go out and make it a great one. 
Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Join us each and every Wednesday for a brand new broadcast and continue to harvest your own happiness anytime from the comfort of wherever you are with hundreds of free downloadable podcasts from our libraries on iTunes and SoundCloud. To learn more about Lisa's global practice as an applied positive psychology coach specializing in lifestyle management as well as addiction and trauma recovery services, please visit HarvestingHappiness.com. Spread more joy by liking us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness, following Lisa on Twitter at Lisa Kamen, and tweeting us with the hashtag Harvesting Happiness.